to the Founded on Christ podcast. Reminder at the beginning that I have the email address foundedonchristpodcast at gmail.com for submissions, comments, and questions, and all that jazz. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed those who've sent stuff in so far, and I encourage everybody uh, to set aside the time and effort to find your own voice, spiritual insights, and send them in. Um, this week, I, as you know, it seems like it's always the case, I came across a scripture this week, and it got my mind rolling. Uh, this is in Romans chapter 8, verses 26. And it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so I was, I was thinking about that and how uh, this process of praying and having the words given to us, the very things that we should pray for, right? And uh, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, I was reminded of Christ's words. And he says, your father, let's see, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before ye ask him. And I'm wondering, I guess I'll ask the question, if everybody listening here has experienced this, where you're praying for something and maybe revelation isn't coming as forthwith as you, as you feel it should be, maybe, maybe the, the process just doesn't seem streamlined, whatever it is, there seems to be a bar in the way of getting that answer. And then you have a moment where you maybe study it out a little bit more in your mind, maybe uh, inspiration hits and you think of a different way or a different question to ask. And then all of a sudden there's a floodgate of revelation. There's a floodgate of, of intelligence that springs forth into you. Um, I've had experiences like this. I have one specifically that I want to relate today, but in order for me to do that, I think I'm going to have to give a little bit of background to this. And, uh, it's going to go into the, the heart <laughs> of a lot of the issues that surround around, uh, the church and whatnot right now. Um, and so bear with me if you feel like you've heard these conversations before, uh, but I feel like not only is it going to illustrate this point, but it's important for me to lay uh, the, the foundation as it were, as, uh, of how I got here as to why this podcast exists as to the foundation for my testimony moving forward and how things have, have changed. So I guess to really set this up right, I would have to go back way back when, uh, to when the area presidency, uh, here over the Utah area, uh, put out a statement, which ironically can't even remember very much word for word now, but more or less asking the members to wear masks, right? Because of, of the pandemic that was going on. 
And I remember being a little bit frustrated by that. Um, I'd seen enough information going both directions that I at least had a question about it. And uh, it seemed, uh, I guess I was, I was frustrated that the church had come out and said something before I'd really had a chance to find out for myself what was the right thing there. So I struggled with it for a while uh, and ultimately decided that I would be obedient to the the asking of our our priesthood leaders and i would go along with it despite the fact that that never really sat well with me i went ahead and did that and so you know time moved forward uh the wearing of the mask became you know more heated it became you know for some people it became more lackadaisical in their use for some people it became more religious in their use it was it's a hotly debated topic and uh, it was required at work. You know, I was wearing my masks. You know, I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to create waves. Just going along with what I felt I needed to do, uh, flowing with the stream. And uh, I remember uh, one day going from work to the grocery store, and I went to grab my mask that I had dangling from my rearview mirror, and I had a very strong and distinct impression from the spirit. And, and I want to qualify this because this was very much how it's described in the scriptures, where it was not only a feeling, but it was pure intelligence into my head. Uh, and I wouldn't say necessarily that I felt that I heard words, but I definitely had the thought given to me in my own voice, which I think all of us should come to realize that the spirit often speaks to us in our own voice, but said, you should not be wearing that mask. You know that that mask is not good for you and you should not be wearing it. And I remember sitting in the car, looking at it for a while thinking, okay, what did I just feel in experience? Was that me was that really the spirit? And at this point, I, you know, it, it hadn't really the concept of checking on revelation to make sure that it was from heavenly father. Wasn't something that was for in the forefront of my mind, but it had all the telltale signs that I associated with revelation, which is this. Once again, I said the feeling, yes, the intelligence to my brain, but there is this peace. There is this rest that comes with it. Almost like this process of revelation for me is like, especially on these bigger issues, is like rolling this huge boulder around, trying to find the correct resting place for it. And then when it finally locks into place, it settles down into its little grooved pedestal and it sits and it feels final, it feels solid, it feels secure. And that was one of the feelings I got with this. Well, I ignored it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the kind of person who would be associated with having to put forth their agenda in front of everybody, making a statement uh, that was not anything I sought for or wanted. And so for the next, I would say a week, 
uh, every time I went somewhere to put on my mask, I'd have the same feeling and I would push it down and ignore it and wear the mask until finally, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing that. <laughs> uh, it was, it was grating on me spiritually after a while to realize what I was doing. And I finally just, I, I accepted that it was what the Lord wanted me to do. I didn't fully understand it. And, uh, I went ahead and did it. And I was, <laughs> I was very blessed because about a week after I decided, okay, I need to, to follow this instruction. Uh, the mask mandate in the area fell. It was like two weeks later that, you know, everyone was back to more or less being able to decide themselves. And so, uh, I didn't have to worry about feeling like I was, you know, having to be a rebel, you know, for the cause. But all of this caused me to think ahead and all, you know, people were already talking about the vaccine, what that was going to be, what that was going to look like. Uh, I took too much study on both ends. I looked at what the scientists and the specialists and the doctors and, and the peer reviewed people were saying, I also took time to hear what, you know, the underground, <laughs> you could say, I guess, would say about it as well. Uh, with my belief that we're definitely infiltrated on every level, I felt that truth lies somewhere in the middle of those two. And so I felt it was important to get both sides of it. I talked to friends who were on both ends of those things, trying to get the information I could, understanding what I could about it. And uh, I decided I was, I was going to... I needed to come up with an answer as to what I wanted to do before the time came. And so praying, waiting, not very, uh, urgent cause it, you know, there was still was time. And so it, it was a process for me, but I eventually arrived where I felt the Lord wanted me to be that that wasn't something that I was supposed to partake in. So flash forward to the church and more specifically the first presidency giving their urging to take the vaccine, which I still think people miss. They, they take it farther than they should. And elder Renland has walked back on this recently saying, yes, there was that statement urging people to get it. But the, the policy is still stated in the book that each person should receive revelation on how to proceed with their life medically that way. But because of it, uh, you know, I was, I feel like I've always been the kind of person where if the prophet, uh, were to hint at doing something, then I would go ahead and do it. I, I, you know, I didn't need to be pushed or prodded. I wanted to be on, on the correct side of obedience with that. You know, I wanted to go as far as I should, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I want to do part way. I wasn't looking for justification. If I saw it, then I would get it done. But the issue had been that I felt I had already gotten an answer on this. And so here we are at this junction where I felt I had received revelation, but I was getting counsel from somebody uh, telling me that I should go contrary to that. Well, at that point, still evidence you know hadn't really changed on either side. 
Uh, I still heard more on both sides of the argument, but I, I knew that the only solace I was going to get was through the spirit of the Lord. And so this time it was, I would say more urgent only because I felt the need to get an answer on it so that I could, I could move forward and not stay stuck in this limbo. And so I set aside time to fast, uh, which is something that's very difficult for me. It's one of those principles of the gospel that I believe and know is true, but is so hard for me to do. But, uh, I do believe that that sacrifice was counted, you know, to the Lord for my desire to understand what I needed on the subject. And so this fast went for a few days and every time I had a chance to pray, the question was, should I take the vaccine? Every time, should I take the vaccine? Should I take the vaccine? And I felt like the heavens were closed <laughs> to me. Um, I would pray, I would wait and feel, I would go about my day, I would think about it. You know, when I had the chance, oftentimes my stomach would start growling, you know, uh, those soft reminders of the body that yes, you're fasting and yeah, what are you fasting for again? And I, I was getting near the end of my fast and I wasn't getting anything to the point that I was almost frustrated because I felt like this was something important enough that I needed an answer on. And so near the end, I remember I was at work. Uh, I was alone in the office at this point and uh, getting close to time to come home. And I had the impression to pray one last time, you know, before I went home to break my fast. And I thought, well, why not? I'm the only one here. So I pushed my chair aside and knelt down and I started to pray. But this time I maybe because of the constant, uh, non answers, maybe because it, my heart wasn't quite into it. I can't remember exactly, but I knew that I felt impressed to try it differently this time to not ask that same question. And I honestly, I sat there some time, not saying anything, which I highly recommend. Uh, oftentimes in praying, we, we jump right in and we don't allow the Lord to connect with us and let heaven really descend upon us in our prayer. And I've, as of recently, I've had quite a few prayers where I've knelt down to pray and I've opened my prayer and quite literally have said nothing but communicated with Father spirit to spirit and had wonderful, poignant, personal experiences with Heavenly Father and my Savior. I should say Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother, both. I felt that presence of both of them. And so this prayer, I sat there for a while not saying anything. I really thought about, you know, everything that had happened the last couple of days, not to mention everything that led up to those. Uh, there was, you know, pressures in friendships. There was pressures in school, pressures from work. Uh, there was a lot hinging on this. And I knew that whatever the answer was going to be, it was going to set a precedent. It was going to push me one way or the other, that it was going to be a cornerstone type of moment. And I think that was part of the earnestness here. But finally, I said, okay, Heavenly Father, 
me asking if I should get it, it's been the wrong question because I already asked that and I did get an answer to that. And so finally I, I realized, Heavenly Father, what I'm really asking, what is at the heart of this question is whether or not I need to submit with these impressions that I felt that I have gotten. I need to bow down from my own personal experience and give way to what President Nelson has asked us to do. And finally, uh, with the promptings of the Spirit working with me, I felt that I'd finally reached at the heart of the question. I'd finally arrived at what it was that I wanted answered. And finally, <laughs> the heavens broke open and, and I felt, I felt once again, pure intelligence. And I felt strong feelings of, of the heart. And, and it was, it was this moment where almost I could feel heavenly father smiling at me, almost half smiling in a, in a, a you know, uh, how I put this in a, a jovial way to some degree, a little bit of humor, but he looked at, you know, I could, I see in my mind, I see Heavenly Father look at me and saying, okay, so you want me to confirm to you whether or not you should take my confirmations or President Nelson's? And in that moment, <laughs> I felt I had finally received the answer that Heavenly Father wanted me to have. He didn't quite, you know, hand it to me on a platter, but the, the implication was clear that the very process by which I was asking these questions, I had to trust in because that's how I'd gotten here. And so I then moved forward with that confident that Heavenly Father wanted me to not take the vaccine. And that does not mean that it has been easy from that time forward. As I've said to a few friends, uh, there's been times where I wish the answer had been opposite. There's times where I wish the Lord had said, no, you need to take it because <laughs> it would have made things a lot easier. Uh, it would have made things a little bit frustrating in a lot of these arenas. But after doing that, I've come across so many scriptures about the process of receiving revelation, where it comes from, and how it's supposed to work for us. And so I want to read a few of those. And these were, these were how, these were testimony, revelation, bolstering scriptures. As I went forward with that answer, I had peace with it, but you know, you still have those doubts that creep in. You're wondering if you're pride or if you, 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 you were counterfeiting your own personal experience with the, with revelation and you're inserting what you wanted but these scriptures would come. I would find these scriptures in these moments when I would worry. So 2 Nephi 28, verses 24 through 27 says, Therefore woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received and we need no more. DNC 84, 44 through 45. For you shall live by every word that proceedeth forth from the mouth of God. For the word of, Lord is, of the Lord is truth, and whosoever is truth, 
sorry, whatsoever is truth is light, and whatsoever is light is spirit, even the spirit of Jesus Christ. And this, this particular one was very important for me because as I decided to proceed with this, uh, it was, <laughs> it, it became as it, everyone who's listening knows, it became such a hot spot for a lot of people. And they would look at me and say, how, how can you deny what president Nelson is saying? And I would look back at them and say, how can you deny what the Lord is saying to you? I, I get it. Like if President Nelson were standing here right next to you, right? Standing in the same room, looks you in the face and says, you need to take the vaccine. You'd probably feel pretty compelled to do it. But what if you have the Lord also there in the same room telling you that you should not do it? Who are you going to listen to, right? Who, who what is going to, what is going to give you the peace what is going to be the best decision you can make? And so thinking about that and how, how close we are to the end times, the wrapping up scenes, the fullness of the dispensation of times, you know, the time of the Gentiles is coming to an end soon and things are going to start going crazy. I was thinking about the 10 virgins and I came across this scripture and it, it was, it was pure charity from my savior and from my heavenly father. DNC 45 verses 56 through 57. And at that day, when I shall come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the 10 virgins, the five wise, five foolish, right? For they are wise. They that are wise have received the truth and have taken the Holy spirit for their guide and have not been deceived. Verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast in the fire, but shall abide the day. That, along with this, in 2 Nephi chapter 32, verses 4 through 6, says, Wherefore, now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, it is because ye ask not, neither do ye knock. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light but must perish in the dark. For behold, again, I say unto you that if you will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what ye shall do. Ye should do. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe also to do. That is strong ascension theology there. And the only way, like it says, that the pure doctrine of Christ is to receive the Holy Ghost, do what it is that the Lord is asking you. And he will then, when the time is right, manifest himself to you in the flesh. And that's second comforter experience stuff we're talking right there. And then he will then personally direct you further on how to receive your, your, your ascension experiences. So like I said, this became a tentpole moment for me. I then realized that throughout my entire life, the Lord has been speaking to me, giving me revelation constantly. He never stopped caring. I imagine in the pre-earth life, 
as we were concerned about this process of coming down here and getting deceived, getting thrown off the ascension path, forsaking all the glory we have thus far received through the condescensions that we have made, that we were worried about this. But we, Heavenly Father assured us that he would not leave us alone. And I think too often we forget that he is constantly talking to us and giving us direction. And so, now one last scripture. 2 Nephi 28, verses 31. It says, Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. As I was reading that, it was, I felt it was super poignant that the scripture says that the Holy Ghost is your guide. The Spirit, talking with Heavenly Father, is your guide. Except that you can listen to the arm of the flesh, you can, you can rely on the arm of the flesh when the precepts being taught are by the Holy Ghost. Now, it does not give focus to an individual person uh, or an individual position. But it does say when someone speaks by the power of the Holy Ghost, and we know that the power of the Holy Ghost will identify all truth. That's its job, to identify truth. And when you hear through the Holy Spirit that someone is giving you correct truth and advice, then it is correct to use that, to rely on the flesh. But otherwise, doing so is, it will cause you to become cursed. You're making flesh his arm, making flesh your arm and no longer relying on the Savior. That is why, Helaman 5.12, we are built upon Christ. So this whole experience, this long experience, if you've you know been here this long, I'm sorry, it's taken forever uh, to, to relate everything. But I think it's important to understand that for me, once you've latched on to the Word of God, once you feel and recognize Him talking to you, that he can and will give you revelation, that you will be able to navigate whatever it is in front of you with his help, nothing can fill that spot in anymore for you. Uh, I still listen at general conference. I still listen at state conference and at church. I've uh, accepted callings. I've counseled with priesthood leaders, but that is not a replacement for or a crutch for me to rely on anymore. Everything goes through the Savior. Everything goes through the Heavenly Father. And if they say something different than what the the experts and or what anyone else is telling me, I can no longer do anything else but that. It would be it would be dishonest to my testimony in Christ. It would be dishonest to what I know to be true. And so part, if not the entirety, of this podcast is revolving around this idea that all of us have a right to a personal relationship with our Savior and with our Heavenly Father that they can and will direct you and nothing else can put in replace that for you. Listen 
to men as the precepts they teach are confirmed by the Holy Ghost. But accept the fact that every man, all of us, are beggars and weak before the, for the Savior and before Heavenly Father. Everything is imperfect. And the only way to navigate all of this is through revelation and through the love and, and continual guidance from our Savior and from our Father in Heaven. And with that, seek His face continually. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.